Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The Rays could do nothing with Dodger ace Clayton Kershaw, and they lose game one of the World Series 8-3. to This was a 2-1 to game, but Tyler Glass now got into trouble in the fifth, and Kevin Cash was slow with the hook. Also, why didn't the Red Sox re-sign Mookie Betts? Anyone? We've got all that and your mailbag questions answered 100% correctly on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, Lightning fans, don't miss out on the chance to save $10 on the best gift you can give yourself or the Bolts fan on your list. It's the Tampa Bay Lightning Stanley Cup Championship book. This 160-page hardcover keepsake entitled Thunderstruck is filled with stories and photos from the Tampa Bay Times writers and photographers. You can relive the magical moments throughout the playoffs and the championship, and you'll feel the chills, thrills, and spills from the entire season every time you go through this book. Go to boltsbook.com, boltsbook.com right now and place your order. The retail cost of the book is $39.95, but if you order now, you can save $10. That's at $25.95 plus shipping and handling in the U.S. Books will ship by December 4th, but this offer will expire on November 24th, so go to boltsbook.com to order now. All right, Steve, so uh, World Series Game 1 is in the books, and Clayton Kershaw, not known for his postseason performance, certainly had a good one uh, in this one. But i, I got to be honest with you, um, that wasn't surprising. I mean, obviously Kershaw is one of the best left-handers in the game, and sooner or later he was going to get it right in the postseason. The Rays continued – not to swing the bats very well, and that's disappointing, whether it's against Kershaw or or their their bullpen or whatnot. The puzzling thing about this game occurred um, on the mound with, with Tyler Glass now, who really from the start was sort of all over the place. Um, he was behind hitters, which has been sort of his M.O. of late. He did get into the fifth inning, and Kevin Kiermaier had gone deep unbelievably on Kershaw, which is not really a great matchup for him, but it's a two-to-one game. And the first two guys get on uh, and get on on walks, basically. And at this point, Glasnow is headed for what, what became a career high in, in pitches. I mean, think about that. You're in a World Series game one, two-to-one game with the Dodgers, and you're going to let Glasnow uh, burn through the most pitches he's ever thrown. I, I, you know, Cash has been quick with the hook in the past. I mean, we saw it even in game seven of the American League Championship Series with Charlie Morton. But in this game, for whatever reason, he decided to leave him out there. And I thought it was clear that he was done after the first two guys got on in the fifth. Well, I mean, those were, what, his fifth and sixth walks of the day? Yeah. And you're in, you know, that's what, the fifth inning? Yeah. Um, you know, you just can't walk these these sitters. I mean, I texted you after Mookie Betts went yard. Yeah. You know, in the, the fourth inning. And I said, you can you can deal with the solo shot. But it's a two-run mm-hmm. shot because you walk the guy in front of him. Exactly. You're giving him free passes and giving him free runs. And mm-hmm. I, I, I just don't understand pitching today. Who cares if someone beats you with a solo home run? I realize everyone's swinging for the fences. Right. Who cares? It's one run. It, yeah. 
You're yeah. supposed to have enough offense to overcome that. Why are you nibbling so much? Why, why can't you just throw strikes? I, I mean, you know, yeah. especially when you've got stuff as good as Tyler Glasnow has, and you know Blake Snell does the same thing, and, and it's 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 frustrating to me that you know, like I said, it, you know, you you made the Betts home run worse because you walked the guy in front of him, and you know Betts is such a good hitter. Why are you walking the people in front of him to get to Betts? That just makes right. no sense to me. Attack those hitters. And I, yeah, I just you don't, don't get wanna, that. Yeah, you don't want to face him with men on base. And, and um, you know, to be honest with you, if you go back, even the, the innings that he pitched where he didn't give up any runs, uh, the Dodgers helped him out. And I know he's got, you know, a 100-mile-an-hour fastball and some wicked breaking stuff. And so you're going to get some swing and miss on some pitches that are in the dirt. But they actually were, you know, he was not around the zone. And it was clear to me, too, that like most teams, and why not? Well, why wouldn't this be your approach? They were going to see pitches. They were not up there swinging and, and, and trying to ambush this guy. Mm-hmm. They wanted him to get behind them, and he did. He, he played right into their hands. And this, this lineup, this Dodger lineup, is way too good uh, to try to get out and pitch backwards You know, when, when, when you're down 2-0, 3-1. I mean, it was 2-0, 3-1 on every hitter. Well, um, what this and, team does is when they get behind 2-1, you know, when you get behind 2-1, 3-1, they hunt fastballs. Yes. And they drive them yes. out of the yard. Yes. That's what they do. You cannot get behind these hitters because unlike the Rays, who are better at hitting the non-fastballs, the Dodgers hitters hit fastballs. And so mm-hmm. when you get behind the count and you're forced to throw that fastball, that's what they're te- teeing off on. Yeah. No, it's it's it was absolutely predictable. And, you know, the other part of it is, and, and I recognize, again, Kershaw, one of the top left-handers. In, mm-hmm. in general, the, the Rays haven't fared that great against left-handers, much less one as good as Kershaw. Um, so, you, you know, you'd much rather see them, you know, face a righty and, and, and put their left-handed bats up there. But um, they showed no signs of breaking out of anything. This has been a postseason where you've seen the occasional hit here or there um, and some some rare contribution, you know, from Mike Zanino out of the nine spot or Mikey Perez or whatever. But outside of Randy Orozarena, who was shut down in this game, the Rays, are, the Rays can't hit. They are not hitting. They can't hit. I mean, if I have to watch Brandon Lau anymore, oh. uh, I, it's so painful to watch him hit that, you know, and, and it's typical of when you're, when you're not playing well, when you're in a slump, um, it's always 0-2 because, you know, you'll chase something out of the zone, you'll take something in, in the zone, and, and then you're defensive. He is just so lost that um, I know why they stick with him. He was their MVP, mm-hmm. and, and you just keep hoping that he's going to, you know, hit a ball hard. He did hit one ball hard that was fouled by about, you know, a foot or so. Uh, and that's also what happens. You know, you're up there, and if you do mm-hmm. lace one, it, it doesn't fall in. But, man, I, I mean, there's just no bat in this lineup outside of a Rosarino when, when a guy comes up there that you feel like, yeah, well, you know, this guy – is going to be a tough out or he's going to make contact. How many strikeouts did they have again? I mean, uh, you know, it's swing and miss. And and look, I understand well, baseball has changed. I mean, everybody's up there trying to hit the ball in the air first and foremost. They're trying to hit home runs. Um, the strikeout is not frowned upon anymore, right? Um, but I, I still think that, you know, when you strike out as much as this team does – and you don't take walks, you don't get guys – it's hard to get guys on base. Mm-hmm. You know, 
we talked about how, you know, they took their walks. The Dodgers were willing to take their walks, and a guy's on when Mookie Betts hits the home run, and it's a two-run homer. That's what you have to do, and the Rays just simply haven't figured that out. They're striking out way too much. There's nobody in that lineup I think is going to come alive in this series. I just don't have any faith in that. Well, miraculously, the the Rays only struck out 10 times. The Dodgers struck out 11 times, and they only had 24 <laughs> outs. Um, <laughs> That's right. But, okay. <laughs> but but no, no, I'm, I'm just saying, but it, it felt, sure felt like the Rays were striking out more than they were. Yeah. Clayton Kershaw threw, had 38 swings tonight against him. 19 were swing and miss. I believe that's the highest ever in a postseason game since they've tracked that stuff. That's crazy. That 50% of the pitches that were swung on that he threw were swing and miss. Did not con- contact. Yeah. Wow. Now, you know, you and I were talking beforehand, and the Rays struggle against aces, particularly left-handed aces. Yes. They have for years. No and, doubt. And I kept I was my wife and I were watching the game and I kept saying they just need to hang around until they can get Kershaw out of the game. And and once he was out of the game, they scored two runs off, you know, Floro and Gonzalez and then, you know, Gonzalez gets the lucky, you know, liner right up the middle that he caught and turned for double play. Otherwise, you know, that goes through the middle, that's three that's runs a inning and all of a sudden, yeah. you know, they were starting to, you know, that, that kind of turned the momentum there. But it was it was hang around close enough to Kershaw till he's out of the game. And that's when you're going to have a chance to, to, to do something. Unfortunately, they let it get too far out of hand before Kershaw left the game. And then, you know, Gonzalez got, you know, lucky with the catch and, and then he turned it for the double play there to end that, that seventh inning when you had some, some, you know, that would have been the third run going, probably had th- first and third at that point with one out, and you were turning over to the top of the order again. So... Um, but you know that with the aces, that's what you have to. That's what this team is. It, they've done this for years now. It's you know they'll they'll battle an ace, they'll be behind, but as soon as the ace leaves the game, they'll beat up on your bullpen. They've done that for years now. Um, but Brendan Lau, I get you're sticking with him. Why is he batting second against the lefty? I don't know. He's not hitting know. anything. I mean, if you wanted to, if you wanted to keep him in the in the, in the lineup today, whether it's for defensive purposes or his confidence, whatever, why is he batting second? Yeah, you know you're not helping your team in that regard because he's not hitting anything right now. I mean, drop him no. down in the order. I mean, they've done that to Kiermaier. You know, he used to bat high in the order. Now he's batting lower, and he bats a lot better when he's lower in the order for the most part. Um, I'm not saying yeah. that has to be a permanent demotion, but against a tough lefty like Kershaw, and you're playing Brendan Lau, you didn't put Brasso in, you didn't put somebody else in, you played Brendan Lau. What's he batting second for? I, I didn't like. I, I didn't like that him. part of the lineup. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to see him in the lineup, uh, but if you're right, if you are, you need to move him down, and I don't want to see him come up there, you know, four times, you know, before anybody else gets up. I mean, there's a reason why, you know, you, you push those guys that aren't hitting very well, especially left-handers. Uh, it, it it was just that, look, it's a, they're not going to win every game. I think it's it was obvious mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, the Dodgers are an extremely good team, big money team, stars everywhere. Um, they proved it again, and this is going to be this is going to be difficult series from the get go. You know it was going to go six, maybe seven games if the Rays are going to win it at all. And you know they're not the home team in game one, so you know there, there's part of part of it mm-hmm. is that. So you know you're as good as tomorrow's pitcher, right? Mm-hmm. And we got Blake uh, Snell on the bump tonight. So Blake Blake is on there, but Blake is another guy who throughout the postseason has gotten behind hitters. Um, you know, Kevin Cash, he was very angry when he came out early in the AL, ALCS. And, you know, 
you just you just can't get behind this Dodger lineup. They're going to go out with the same approach. They're going to make Snell throw strikes. They're going to make him get behind them, and then they're going to hunt fastballs or pitches that they can handle. And you know, um, at some point, you you need somebody to go out there and be dominant on the mound. You need somebody to be, um, you know, throw you a shutout or give up one run and let the bats get going and try to get out in front of this Dodger team and, like you said, get to their bullpen and hopefully make some hay there. They didn't waste really any, like, top bullpen pitchers. I think Kevin Cash knew, you know, look, we're probably not going to come back in this game. So he was, you know, very careful with uh, who he ran out there. So, you know, basically all their all their top uh, relievers are, are still available. But, um, yeah, it was a disappointing start to the World Series. And, and, frankly, not a very entertaining game. I mean, I guess if you're a Dodger fan, you loved it, I guess. Um, but baseball, baseball's hard to watch these days, quite frankly. There was one nice play, you know, Cody Bellinger, um, you know, sort of robbed uh, Austin Meadows. I don't know if it was going to be a home run. We made a nice catch in center mm-hmm. field. Not a lot of good plays. You Wendell, know I mean? Wendell and Turner both had a couple picks at third base. Yeah. They, they were decent. Yeah. But, I mean, just not a lot of mm-hmm. balls in play, and that's what you mm-hmm. get with baseball these days. It's home run or strikeout and or walk, and it's just, you know, wasn't wasn't very entertaining. So, We'll see if they can do better in game two. Um, uh, the bad news is the team that has won game one of the World Series has gone on to win the series 19 of the past 23 seasons. Oh, that's a terrible stat. Yeah. Yeah. That's a horrible stat. So it's time them. to make it 19 of 24. Yeah, exactly. I did ask the question coming in, so we'll, I'll ask it now. What the hell, if you're a Red Sox fan, <laughs> right, I mean, you had – the Red Sox have all the money in the world, Okay. I mean, seriously, if they wanted a player, um, they could find a way to, to overpay with the best of them, okay? How in the hell can you be in Boston right now or New England watching this World Series and going, okay, why is the best player in the planet, arguably with Mike Trout, but the best player in the planet at that age sitting out there with the Dodgers and just doing everything right? You know I mean? He can run, he can hit, he can catch. Um, hits for power, and put on a show in Game 1 of the World Series, that's got to be a tough pill if you're a Boston Red Sox fan. Well, I mean, Hein Bloom was brought there to do a few things. One, to cut payroll. They wanted to get below the luxury tax in that. Um, they wanted to rebuild their farm system. And a lot of times to do that, you got to give up pieces, much like the Rays did years ago, giving up David Price, which brings you guys like Willie Adamas, giving up Chris Archer, which brings you guys like Tyler Glass now and Austin Meadows and Shane Paz. And, you know, I mean, that's part of how you do that. I think, thirdly, I think they didn't think they were had a chance to resign him, even if they offered the same money that they thought he might go. And so at that point, get something for him, I think, was the thought there. But, you know, while the Red Sox do have a lot of money, they did want to shed some of that Um you know, I was just looking up some of their contracts, and they're not as bad as I thought going forward. I mean, one of the things they brought up on the telecast tonight about the Dodgers is, you know, the, the Buki Betts 12-year deal for, you know, 400-whatever million it is, is that after 2022, or maybe it's after, maybe it's starting with 2022, they have really nobody on, uh, under contract as far as big contracts. They can completely remake their team or sign who they want to sign. They're not, they don't have, big contracts holding them back much like you know Miguel Cabrera in Detroit the last few seasons and you know that you're paying you know how many millions of dollars to and and they've passed their prime and and aren't aren't good enough anymore 
to, to help you compete. And, and, you know, they don't have that issue there. I mean, Boston's got a couple players. Chris Sales got – he's signed, what, through 2024 at almost 30 mil a year. Xander Bogart's 20 mil a year through 2025. Uh, J.D. Martinez is another couple seasons. But, I mean, they could have afforded Betts if they wanted to. But, it's you know, Betts was also a free agent. He could go where he wanted to. He could. I would have. I would have locked him in some basement somewhere, and 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 just kept backing up the uh, Brinks truck until he said enough. I'll stay. I mean, I, I just that's that's not the kind of player. That is not the player you want to say. Yeah, we had him. <laughs> it's just not the guy. I think the only um, player I would pay more than him, as far as a uh, you know an yeah. outfielder particularly, is, is Mike Trout. Mike Trout. I mean, yeah. I'm not Bryce Harper. I know got a huge contract. He's not in that same category. But this is now. You know, this is how how old is Betts? Twenty five. Twenty eight. 28? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, geez. <laughs> you know, his best years are still ahead of him. Mm-hmm. And a fun guy to watch and a fun teammate. Um, I don't know what the hell was going on with him and Willie Adamas hugging it out at second base. Well, and, and like that, that, well, I mean, they've gotten to know each other for the years playing. You know, they play against yeah, each other, I understand each other a lot. But, friends, but, but yeah. you know, and John Smoltz kept bringing it up, that play at third base, that lead he got because of his speed and his instincts. Right. I mean, Yandy Diaz made a hell of a throw at home. Oh, it was a great play, but it, he only had to run sixty feet. Right, you know. At, at, and where at, is Joey Wendell? Why isn't he like at least chasing them back? You mm-hmm. take two steps towards third base, he's got to come back. Well, but Glasnow doesn't do a good job holding runners on. It's always been a bugaboo of his for years. I understand, I mean. but at least if the uh, believe mm-hmm. me, if you're taking a lead off third base, you get as far as the third baseman. If the third baseman starts creeping back over there, you yep. have to assume that the pitcher could throw it. Yep. So if he, he could have cut down that secondary lead, and they did, they did nothing to do that. But it was great base running. You're absolutely right. That's how he beat it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that was a great throw by Yandy Diaz, just a you know a split yeah. second late because of Betts' break and, and lead. Right. Yeah, no, it was a great, good base running. Something else he does very, very well. That's so, that part of those five tools. By the way, did you catch who uh, narrated the Open to the World Series for Fox? I did. The GOAT himself. <laughs> Tom Brady, yep. He's Remember everywhere. TB12. He is everywhere. Yeah. And he, t- and, uh, he tweeted and put on social media that he was rooting for the Rays in a series. So, yeah. Well, how how that taste up in New England? You think <laughs> Mercury <laughs> League East fans? Um, TB12 is all TV right now. But uh, yeah, Tom Brady, whose whose you know early returns were that he was going to be a baseball player. Mm-hmm. Well, he was drafted by the Expos, I believe, if I recall. Yeah, I believe he was a catcher. Am I right about that? I think so. I think he yeah. was. The quarterback of your uh, of your uh, team there mm-hmm. uh, as the catcher. So, yeah, it was um, it was interesting. Is it? Oh, Tom Brady cannot escape TB twelve. So, um, well, we'll it was easy. If, I mean, they just grabbed him. You know, after the game yesterday to narrate that. Or Sunday, I mean, I guess. Yeah. Well, or during the week or whenever. Yeah. Who knows? Well, I mean, they had when all was, the, they had all the equipment and the mics and everything there. They could have easily done it. You know. With him Sunday while Fox was doing the broadcast. Well, maybe that's why, you know, come to think of it, maybe that's why he answered all of four questions after the game. Yeah, got to go narrate. Had to go, had to go talk to uh, Fox and read the script or something. Who knows? But um, I guess he's found uh, his next career. He'll be doing voiceovers after he's retired (laughs) from football at at age 54. Let me assure you, he can do anything he wants to after he plays his 29 seasons in the NFL. We're only at, we're only at season number 21. So he's got, He's got a few more games to go, including this Sunday. Sunday night football in Las Vegas against the Raiders. That's going to be a good one. All right, so um, we do have some mailbag questions uh, coming up here, and um, I would imagine somewhere on the Bucks, The Bucks. Yeah. We'll start with the Rays, though. We did get a Rays question. Mike, the Rays? Okay, Michael great. had asked, 
With the Rays' offense struggling in the playoffs, should they have called up Wander Franco? You know, I asked this very same question, and I asked it in all seriousness, just like uh, Mike did there. And I thought to myself, well, it worked with Randy Arozarena. I mean, he came up in August 21st, right? Um, he spent the entire year in Port Charlotte or wherever the hell they, they stashed him away. And what would they have done without him? They wouldn't be in this game. They wouldn't be in this series. No. So you've got a guy who, by all accounts, is a dynamic player, hitter, switch hitter, I think, um, but but somebody that can swing the bat. Why not? Like you can't tell me you can't find a roster spot for this for this guy to come in and and, and you know swing it a little bit. And when I asked the question to Mark Tompkin, he kind of gave me the <laughs> I can't imagine. I was like, wait, I can imagine. You can't imagine what which part of the two hundred batting average can't you imagine? But apparently, um, you know, having not played in the big leagues, <laughs> uh, it might just be a little too big a stage. I mean, they have, do have one pitcher who made his debut in the playoffs, his major league de- debut, a kid from USF. Um, Shane McClanahan, yeah. Shane McClanahan. But, well, I think um, the question with Wander is, is he ready? I mean, the, the thing is, you don't want to bring him up, especially at this stage, for him to fail. And, and look, I mean, he's got all the talent in the world and the tools in the world, but Randy Rosarina is 25 years old. Wander is still 19. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's, you know, there's a maturity there. There's an experience level, you know, that arenas Rosarina's played more. And he also had some in the regular season as well. Um, I, I don't know if he's right. I mean, you know, I'm, I wasn't there at, at camp, you know, the highest he's played so far is double a, right. You know, hasn't even played triple a ball yet at this point. Um, he was going to be in AAA this year and possibly, you know, called up at some point during the season had they had a full regular season and the minor leagues were playing as well. So a guy who hasn't even played AAA yet, are you willing to call up in the World Series? You know, and yes. like I said, well, I, I, if you believe he's ready and, and could make a difference, do I believe they would do that? Yes. I'm guessing they don't think he's ready enough to where he would have made an impact. And, 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 you know, from a confidence standpoint, all that, you don't want to put him up here in, in, in that position to fail. I mean, that's one of the things the Rays don't do is they, they don't generally put people in positions where they know they're going to fail. It doesn't mean they're not going to, you know, players aren't going to screw up and, and have bad games and outings and this, but they try not to put you in positions where it's going to impact your career longer term whether mentally or physically or anything else. So ah, I, I don't know. Fine. I don't know if he's ready, but he'd be fine. It's just baseball. I would have rather seen him at second base. And the other part is, you know, are you going to bench Willie Adamas for him? How about Brandon Lau? Well, <laughs> but I mean, both of them play shortstop. How much second base has, has Wander Franco played? I don't know. How about DH? Okay. Well then what the Rosarino was a DH tonight. You're taking him out. Well, play him in the outfield. I mean, I, yeah. I fi- look, I'll find a way right. to get his oh, bat in I, there. I don't care. I agree. I agree. That's just me. I mean, I would have liked to see him at second base tonight. You know, he could go 0 for 4 like Brendan Lau did. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, oh, he had a bad World Series. He was only 19. He's uh, We, we mm-hmm. destroyed him by bringing him up for that World Series. He'll never be the player that we thought he was. Come on. I mean... And look, I'm being I'm being very flippant here. I don't I know nothing about the kid. I know nothing, um, and, and and you know who am I to question the Tampa Bay Rays? They're in the World Series, <laughs> uh, you know. But it's so easy from. But it's that just shows though the fact that the question was asked, and I asked that question. I did. I asked it of Mark Topkin, and I was serious, and he kind of gave me the you know back of his hand. But that's that shows the just sort of the. 
desperation, if you're a Rays fan, of saying, can anybody in this organization, is there anybody they can try to hit right now? Because nobody is hitting. I've never seen anything like it. Look, I know Meadows, you know, with the coronavirus and, and, and the injuries and stuff. Um, Lau is just in a horrific slump. But but seriously, they were never a great hitting team to begin with. No, Yandy Diaz know. is walking. He's he's you know he's not hitting. And he let well, off the game with a hit. Yep. I mean mm-hmm. he he got the he first did. hit. You know first at bat he, he he got a base hit to right field. But you know um, Susuko's not doing anything. Um, you know it's it just it's just bad. It's a bad. It's a hard lineup to watch. And and the, and to be honest, but yet they're in the World Series. They're in the World <laughs> Series. And, and but but to be honest. There's a reason why all these guys are on the race. There's a reason why they don't make a lot of money. You know, you don't get, I think, I don't know what Mike Zanino makes. What is it? Four million or something. I don't know what he makes, but like some of those guys have been, have been swing and miss. I mean, I think they expected more from a lot of them and some of them, they're just damn glad to have, you know, like Austin Meadows, like, you know, Brandon Lau, who they paid even before he was in the big leagues uh, as an everyday player. So, They've hit on a bunch. They've missed on a bunch too. But that's just who they are. If they could go out and and buy Mookie Betts, they would have. Well, and, and the uh, quote from you know so Stu Sternberg saying that you've seen now, you know, written about everywhere. It's you know you can break some windows, just don't burn the house down. Mm-hmm. You know that they, they miss on some. They try things. They they do things differently. Some work. Some don't. Um, you know that, that. But that's kind of their motto and their their mo. And and it's worked. It's got them in the World Series. And it's got people all over baseball hiring the people from the Rays. To run their organizations, right? You know, you got Heim Bloom this... in Boston, you got James Click in um, yeah. Houston, you've got uh, you know Rocco Baldelli and and uh, managing and Davey Martinez and Joe Madden's now elsewhere and um, uh, Toronto's Tor- manager. Yeah, Toronto uh, names escaping me right now, but it'll come to me in a right. second. But uh, you know, raised people are all over baseball, and and you know because they have figured out how to do things differently try things and, and, you know, be innovative at the same time. And, and, you know, a lot of people like Dan Shaughnessy of the Boston Globe doesn't like it. Tough. Yeah. Well, beat them. That, that would be the other thing I would say. Okay. Mm-hmm. You don't like it. Okay. Then beat them. You know, how are they bad for baseball? You know why they're bad? Cause they beat you. That's why they're bad. Um, the other one that's, uh, pretty obvious is Andrew Friedman who happens to be made you know, yeah, absolutely GM yep of the very team that they're playing against and knows them all too well because he's the one that was GM when they had the success in the World Series in the first place so mm-hmm. yeah it's um they're bad for baseball but everybody wants to hire somebody from from the Rays organization to bring to them what they have so um you know all I know is they're there and look we'll see game two of course tonight and I guess we'll see if Blake Snell can um, can iron his problems out and maybe attack hitters. He wasn't happy about coming out of the game the other day. The message was sent, okay, pitch better, you know, and he might. And it's a World Series. You don't know. This is the thing about the World Series. You, you can't obviously take for granted you're going to be back. This is the third in four years for the Dodgers. They have not won since 1988. They have all the pressure on their side. They are expected to win. They need to win. If they don't win – you're going to see some changes, particularly you know with Dave Roberts and some others. I think uh, for not failing, you know, for failing to get them over the top. Um, but you know, here's your opportunity, and you know, you can't assume you're going to be back here. It's you know, it was you know a long time since the Rays, only a second time in their history 
And so you got to take advantage of this. I'll never forget, and I always talk, tell this story, um, the Bucks beat the Philadelphia Eagles to go to the Super Bowl when they were playing the Raiders. And at that time, for whatever reason, that, that year, that particular year, there there was no um, week in between the championship game and, and um, the Super Bowl. So they literally flew, um, you know, on that Monday morning after the NFC Championship game, they flew back to Tampa. And then the same day after picking up a change of clothes, whatever, uh, went went out to San Diego. And on that Wednesday, I sat down with Rich McKay, who was then the GM. Uh, and he said this, he goes, he goes, you know, when you, and they told the team this, when you get to this game, when you get to this point, you can't lose. You can't assume you'll ever be here again. You have to win. It's not good enough just to go. And that you don't want to be that team, you know how after the series is over, Sports Illustrated always had this going, hey, you want to you know, pick up the T-shirts and hat worn by the world champion Oakland Raiders or whatever, you know that they, you know, somebody loses and they send those T-shirts to South America or whatever. But you just don't want to see that commercial for the next six months. And that is so true. Like, you know, even with the Rays, okay, you're not favored, you know, Dodgers 30 and four, you know, like you got to win. You got to find a way to try to win this series. And, you know, uh, they weren't going to win them all and they didn't win game one, but we'll see what they can do going forward. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Okay, so uh, more questions about uh, the Rays and the Bucks. I guess. Now, Ellis asked, which hypothetical championship would be more impressive, a World Series victory for the Rays or a Super Bowl victory for the Bucks? Hmm. Um, wow. Boy. That's a great question. I would say because of what we just talked about, you know, in baseball, there is no salary cap. You're outspent three, four, four to one. I would say it would be the Rays winning the World Series, uh, especially against the Dodgers. The thing about football is the Bucks have managed to, uh, no pun intended, kind of buck the system. They just they won't let it work for them. And you have competitive balance. You have a salary cap. You have free agency. Um, you know the goal, uh, the draft, all of that is is sort of arranged for competitive balance you know um the bad teams pick higher and so on and so forth and yet somehow you know the bucks have managed to miss the playoffs 12 years in a row it's hard to screw it up for that long to be honest with you there are some organizations that do it the cleveland browns being one of them um we're the only team that has missed the playoffs more but you know because of free agency you can sign a tom brady because of the draft, you can get good players each year like a Devin White. Um, and, you know, Shaq Barrett was a free agent. So you can turn it around quickly, and you're not going to be outspent by the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, so, yeah, I I think it would be baseball. I really do. I think if the Rays pulled this off, to me that would be more impressive, even though, you know, who are we kidding? Winning a Super Bowl, you know, the NFL is king, right, in terms of, fan attendance and ratings and things like that. But, um, 
from where both franchises sit, it would be it would be the Rays winning a World Series. All right, Mark asked. Everyone expected there to be at least some drop off in Shaq Barrett's play, but it seems like we don't hear from him hardly at all. Are other teams scheming more for him, or has his play declined, or is it something else going on? I don't think he's playing as well as he did last year, but I also think that was to be expected. At least, let's just now whether he's playing as well or not. I guess that's the, the production isn't there, and if you're gonna, if you're only gonna gauge the production in sacks, right? He was never likely to have 19 and a half or anything approaching that he was never likely to lead the nfl again um i think he's playing hard you know he went to denver and got the only two sacks of the year so far and i do think the teams know who he is and he's a marked guy and all of that that's not to say he's not getting some one-on-ones and you know it's a long season we're week six I, i always felt like if he could get 10 um you know that would that would be you know what thirty in two years you you've established yourself as a premier pass rusher and so you know is he pressing probably here's what I know Jason Pierre Paul is doing just fine he's got five and a half now part of that might be because there is a lot of attention on Shaq Barrett um, you know who's getting one on ones in Domicon Sue he's got three or four sacks so the defensive line is pressuring the quarterback and and getting him on the ground quite well. So some of that might be as a result of having the NFL sack leader on one side of your defensive line or as a, you know, as an outside linebacker. So I don't know. Um, The coaches I talked to seem to be pleased with the way he's playing, the way he's working is he's not jaking it. He really does want to have a good year because he's on a franchise tag. They could franchise him again, but he's really looking for, you know, that, that four-year, hundred-plus-million-dollar contract, so he should be very motivated. It's just not happening, and I and I, I didn't expect it. Look, he had nine sacks in four, four games last year. I mean, you know, that was just incredible. So and you might have JPP lead the NFL in sacks this season, and that would be, you know, to some degree because of Shaq Barrett. And so I would just say wait, and, you know, the other thing is wait till they get to really big games. I thought – you know, there's a big game, obviously, against the Packers. He had some good pressures. Um, if they, you know, if they get late in December and they're playing for playoff spots, if Shaq Barrett becomes a reason they're winning, he's getting quarterbacks on the ground, then we'll all say, well, you know, it wasn't a bad year. But we're six weeks into it. He's got two sacks. Not really on pace to, to get to 10, but um, he can get them in bunches, and that's usually how it comes. Les asked two O.J. Howard questions. First, What does his Achilles injury do to his fifth-year option that was picked up? And second, is it unfair to call him injury-prone? Well, the fifth-year option um, is guaranteed, but only against injury. So if for some reason he cannot play uh, because of the injury, then he gets paid. And it's not that much. I think it's like around the $6 million range. So he'll get his money either way, but... You know, ideally, um, and the Achilles injury is a hard one to come back from. There's no question about it, depending on where it ruptured and all of that. But ideally, he'll be back and, you know, be able to play next season. I know that's the plan. They want O.J. Howard on their football team. He was playing, I thought, as well as he's ever played with Tom Brady. Spent a lot of time with Tom Brady. Um, You know, looked great out there. It is unfortunate. I can't explain some of the injuries we've seen this year, but there have been an awful lot of players hurt because there was no off season. There was no training camp. 
to speak of until very, very late, and then and there was no preseason games. So you know, the again Achilles. I I don't know how that happens, why it happened, if it should have happened, uh, but it did. The other injuries he's had have been guys falling on him, and I don't know how when you play the sport of football you can prevent other people when you're carrying the ball from trying to tackle you and and landing on the back of your ankles or legs or feet. It just happens, and it's happened to him too often. And, you know, before you say you know, labels are t- injury-prone, I mean, what does that mean? Does that mean that he's not taking care of his body? Does that mean that he's, uh, he got, you know, he's brittle or he's soft? Like, you know, O.J. Howard is doing everything he can to stay healthy and, and – um, you know, and work out and, and, um, and, and, you know, and play, play a bunch of games. And he's just been, it's just had some freaky things happen. Um, now you are what you are in this league. You know, if you're, if you're hurt all the time, you're injury prone for whatever reason, it doesn't really matter. You know, the, the best ability is availability and he has not been available the way they need him to be. But I also remember when, you know, Gerald McCoy, who ultimately had a pretty good career here in Tampa Bay, his first two seasons were cut short because of, um, you know, he, he ripped the biceps out of each arm. He had torn biceps in each arm his first two years. Well, he went on to make, you know, four or five or six Pro Bowls, whatever it was. So, you know, still too early in his career. He will be back next season. Um, it is guaranteed against this injury in case he can't make it back. And I don't think he's injury prone. I don't think he's doing anything to you know or, or there's something about his his physiology that that you know doesn't hold up I just think he's been a little bit unlucky right now and but that's but you are what you are so so right now is it fair yeah it's probably fair to say he is um but I don't think it's anything that um that that he's done wrong all right some outstanding questions there in our mailbag hope you enjoyed that we're going to have Matt Baker to talk a little college football our college football writer for the Tampa Bay Times uh talk about that big win by florida state over north carolina over the weekend and we'll recap game two of the world series and it'll be blake snell on the mound for the rays to see if he can even this series so well we gotta hope that the bats come alive because i've got a a stat here from espn stats and info the rays have now had eight or fewer hits in each of their last 10 games that is the longest streak ever within a single postseason (laughs) the only longer streak spanning postseasons was by the Yankees in 1921 and 22 World Series of 13 games. So you're saying they remind you of the 22-23 Yankees? <laughs> yeah, something like that, yeah. But that was before Murderer's <laughs> Row. Was that Ruth and Gehrig or no? Uh, I think they were young at that point. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, sometimes these stats are uh, are not very complimentary, but what are you going to do? But, you know, the, the, the Dodgers are, I don't think they've even announced as we're recording this who the starting pitcher is for uh, tonight's game yet. So it may be known by the time you're listening to this. But, um, I, look, I, Blake's not on the mound. I think, they re, I think the Rays win tonight. I'm, I don't know. I, I, I don't like the Dodgers' bullpen like I like the Rays' bullpen. Like I said tonight, it was, you know, get past Kershaw and get into their bullpen. I think you can do some damage. You just had to keep the game closer than you did. I mean, you know, when Kershaw's got six runs or eight runs, whatever it was when he left, that was way too many. So, if you you know, you've got more of their bullpen day kind of today. Bueller's not going to game three, so I think you got a chance. Yeah. Well, Kevin Cash, feel free to go out there and get your pitcher when uh, when it's still a two-to-one ball game if he walks the first two in the fifth. 
That's all I'm saying about that. So well, you got your whole a, a bullpens ready. Your whole a bullpen's already. been off since what the yeah. last game was Saturday. So you've got you know multiple days off now. So right, and and you're going to have days on the back end of this too. Yep. They're going to not play it straight through seven yeah, days. Thir- seven yeah, games. Thursday's an off day. So yeah, that'll help your bull, bullpen as well. So yep. you can kind of gear it around that. All right, we're going to get out of here. Um, thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow for Steve Burstick. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 